seat with the Tenney Group. I'm Spencer Tenney. It's good to be with you. What in the heck is going on with the freight market right now? We're about to find out from a very special guest, President and CEO of TIA, Ann Ranke. Welcome to the hot seat. Thank you for having me. I'm going to compliment you one more time, Spencer. Everyone, please read this article. 2023 mid-year report by the Tenney Group <laughs> in your copy of 3PL Perspectives. Thank you. All right, there you go. Shameless plug. Now you're going to not be so nice to me. I don't know. I I, I love it, and <laughs> and we'll do that. We'll do that at the end as well. So, so, <laughs> so, um, well, hey, before we heat things up here, Ann, why don't we just take just 20, 30 seconds? Tell us about the work that you're doing at TIA. Sure. So we're a trade association representing the third party logistics industry. These are the brokers who uh, assign transportation to shippers. So their whole role, if you look at the map 21 definition of a broker and why wouldn't you, I'm sure you did that yesterday, Spencer. It's someone who's authorized to arrange transportation for compensation and 80% of our marketplace in, 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 TIA is truck facing, but we have intermodal and we have ocean going vessel and we also have air freight. And so the guys and gals who are members of our association come to us for networking, they come to us for education, they come to us for advocacy, and then they come to us for member services. We've been around 45 years. This is our 45th year. I love it. And, and, and quite an overview. So um, I'm really excited to unpack this, your background in terms of, you know, CSX, Department of Transportation, and now TIA, just, just so much experience uh, within this space. I can't wait to kind of dig in here. So let's do just that. So let, let's, let, let's talk about a huge issue right now, fraud. I mean, never before has this ever been such a predominant headline uh, within this space. So can you just kind of just frame the issue? Like what, what, what is happening? Why is this uh, such an important issue right now across the trans, uh, transport sector? Sure. And so, I, I, and I'd love to hear, I'm not going to make you answer first, but I'd also love to hear what you're hearing from, you know, your guests and the, and the folks that you interact with on fraud, because it really is what we think is a fraud apocalypse. There always has been some element of fraud in the marketplace, right? We, we have people who don't always abide by honorable practices, but what we have seen is because of the number of entrants into the space over the pandemic, because there was a freight bonanza, though is no longer. And I think a little bit because of the digitization of freight and because this is sort of the perfect crime, meaning it's not being enforced, we're seeing fraud in, in four main areas. One is you know spoofing, phishing, slash identity theft, where someone perpetrates themselves as a legitimate carrier, but maybe they're off by one initial or they're, they use a gmail.com as opposed to that carrier's you know, actual email address. We're seeing what they call double brokering, whereas one a broker contacts a, what they think is a legitimate carrier to get a load moved. It's not a legitimate carrier. That carrier goes to somebody else. And you don't know about it until something happens. And we live in the land of something happens. And so then the broker's like, who are you when the second mm. carrier comes to you? Then you have outright cargo theft. And mm. finally, you have freight held hostage. There are some bad actors in this space. And as I said, there's little to no enforcement right now. Uh, so we don't have a federal tough guy. There's a little bit of FBI interest and we don't really have anybody on the state level. There's a little bit of activity on California. So there's just a lot of bad actors in the space, unfortunately. Just just another cheery podcast with the Tinny Group here. <laughs> so, 
But there are people out there trying to solve it. So that's the cheerful set. No, and obviously, and, and, and you're within that group in terms of the leadership that you're providing. So so can you like quantify that? I mean, what what is your, what you know, from your point of view, what, what's the cost of all the fraud that's taking place right now? Do you ever read on that? Yeah, so the Wall Street Journal published an article earlier this year, you may have seen it, Spencer, where they quantified it upwards of 800 million. And, and you know, that number probably is low, quite frankly, because that's mm-hmm. how much visibility they can at least detect. And right. unfortunately, there's a lot more that you probably can't detect or that you find out later about. And, and that to me is, is, you know, it's why there should be interest is that that affects everybody, including the end consumer. If you have that much of a distortion in the marketplace, then mm-hmm. that means that ultimately costs get higher, people get burned, and it ends up affecting the end consumer. No, I think that's a good word right there. So, 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 what are you seeing TIA membership? What 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 are they doing in response to this? expensive problem. Sure. So I would put it in three buckets. The first is the technology bucket. And this is one thing that's wonderful about our members is they're constantly adapting to new technology. They're not just sitting and hiding and worried about technology robots taking over. So we have out there some technology solutions that are looking at a variety of data streams, essentially to provide a better better picture of who it is that you're doing business with. And so they may look at insurance data or DMV data or or what have you, but they're supplementing what is out there on the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration website, which is not always as helpful as it could be. So we have some technology that's trying to help you know the relationships, know the background of the people you're working with. There's also good old-fashioned calling people on the telephone. (laughs) This is now coming back, which is unbelievable. I'm Gen X, so I'm used to talking to people on the telephone. But, you know, the generations behind me here, they, they probably don't. But now I think we're actually having our leadership tell these young folks on the line, make sure that you develop relationships, know the people that you're doing business with. From a TIA perspective, what we're trying to do is educate. So we have a free course for our members that give you an education on, you know, basically red flags. And as some people call them black flags, we have a fraud task force that's going to it's putting its head around, all right, what can we do? Can we make sure that we're doing the best to ourselves, making sure that we are honorable partners in this? And what can we do from a technology side? So that's all the stuff that we're looking at. I love the the simplicity of, here's a thought, maybe you just get on the phone and <laughs> it verify. Yeah, how about that? What, what what's happening? Um, we, we, well, we, but what are you hearing, Spencer? I'd love to I'd love to hear from you too. Um, I'm I'm hearing a lot of things. I'm actually seeking I, I'm I'm actually seeking a lot of different um, consultation around this because I, I think that there is it's be, it feels like it's I don't think it's come out of nowhere, but it just feels like it's gotten so pronounced yeah. even within the last six to to twelve months. Um, so it's a serious issue, um, and it's one of those things that, um. If you don't get out in front of this, this can be something that can be very devastating. So I'm, I'm very interested in that. Another thing that I'm interested in right now is just the general climate of, of the freight market. I mean, companies that we deal with just across the board on the brokerage side, I mean, I mean, it's been it's been rough. It's been rough in terms of 20 to 30 percent or more losses on top line revenue over the last 12 months. So. What, what, what are you seeing? I mean, what are you hearing from your members in terms of what the, how they're positioning themselves to, to work through a challenging period, to set themselves up to be um, in, a, in a position of strength on the other side of this cycle? What, what are you hearing? Well, I think you're absolutely right. And, and you know, the people who have weathered business cycles in the past 
are probably pretty well prepared for business cycles in the future, right? They know they don't spend too much. They don't get out ahead of their skis in terms of, you know, making business contracts that they can't possibly pursue because it's not actually going to make them any money long-term. I mean, all of this kind of stuff, but because the pandemic, as we've talked about, is such a freight bonanza, there are so many new entrants in the space. And even though the marketplace is still up ahead of 2019, right? I know it's it's certainly lower, but it's still up ahead of 2019. It seems like the Great Depression if you've never suffered through a business cycle before, right. if you've never prepared for the downs as well as the ups. So we have definitely seen some of our members who are absolutely hurting because you know, it could be that they overexpanded. It could be that they just didn't, they weren't prepared for that down cycle as well as they should. Maybe they hired too many people, right? We couldn't, you remember this is just was like two years ago. We couldn't right. hire enough people. It was this great, where did the labor go? Everybody's at home quietly quitting or whatever they're doing, but that has changed. And so, you know, I, again, the veterans are withstanding it. The, the folks who are newer to the marketplace, some are really, really hurting. That's a good word right there. Let me transition over to what's going on over at the FMCSA. What, what, what's happening in that world and, and, and what can you share with our audience about things that they should know? Sure. So the FMCSA is our regulator and so their, their mission is safety. That is mission critical for them. One of the things that we've been gosh, up on the mountaintops crying about is that there is not really an actionable safety um, measurement for the carriers we use. Mm. And so what, what I mean by that is that the carriers are rated for safety, but because the requirement at FMCSA is through a physical audit, what they, that means is 92% of the carriers out there are never rated at all. They can't possibly get to them. Imagine mm. in a in a regular year, they could probably get to 3,000, right? Out of 500,000. Imagine wow. during a pandemic year. Well, I don't think they got to many at all. And so what we've said is there's a heck of a lot of data out there from way stations, from police reports, accident reports, DMV. There's a whole bunch of data that they can use to deploy a rating, either up or down. Up safe to fit on the roads, down, not safe to, to, to drive on the roads. And so what we're looking for is a little bit more clarity. And where I'm going is, I think they agreed. There were, they have come out with a, a notice of proposed rulemaking that what they call their safety fitness determination, they're going to look at it and try to determine how better to do it. We all know that physical audits that eyeballs are are pretty effective, but surely surrounding yourself with data to make the you know the picture that much fuller can get to far more carriers than right now, which is eight percent of the space. So is is the thesis around that that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong in terms of this characterization. Like basically, it's the fear of audit that effectively drives safety uh, presently. And you're, what you're saying is that this would in substitution would have a much greater impact in actually affecting safety on the road. Is that, is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I think it's looking at real world circumstances and looking at basically the habits and, and what happens on the, in using real world data. And you're right. I mean, a lot of people prepare for an audit, but if they don't expect one, maybe they don't prepare for an audit. So if you don't ever anticipate having anybody scrutinize your safety behavior, it, 
that may lead to more lax behavior. It's hard to say. Yeah. I mean, the FMCSA is charged with carrier safety, right? They're on the safety of the nation's highways. So they have to do a better job of actually getting a fuller picture of the carriers that are out there. Do, do you, does the FMCSA have the resources to transition to something like this presently? Or is like, what would be required to execute? Yeah, I would say they probably have a greater shot of using of the resources they use today with a data portfolio as opposed to a physical audit portfolio. You're right that they are resource constrained, but it's a little bit easier to look at a sort of a data sheet or a data set than it is to travel to wherever you have to travel to. I mean, you could probably, I, I don't, I have no idea, but I can't imagine you can do multiple inspections during a day because I imagine they're pretty exhaustive. And again, the carrier space is so much bigger. You know, I work for CSX and the FRA would visit the class ones, but you know this, there are only six class ones. So it, it generally worked itself out, but here we've got right. 500,000 carriers. I imagine that looking at data, you could probably see a lot more. I think that's great. So let's let's talk about TIA for a moment. Um, Clearly, you guys do a great job. Uh, you know, obviously the magazine, all of the the the, the education opportunities. Yeah, the magazine. Should we show it one more time? <laughs> <laughs> well played. Um, so I, I'm I'm curious. Um, what are some things that you're excited about? You know, like we're kind of come like you probably from an agenda standpoint, you probably have a sense for 2024 of what this is going to look like from the association standpoint. What are some yeah. of the things that you're excited about as it relates to its impact on the industry? Sure. So one thing I know that this, this is a these are two 2023 things, but I think they're they're kind of important in, in what we've all been talking about. So the first thing is we have a fly in in September and every industry by and large has its own fly in. And, and you feel like, what is the purpose of this? Well, the purpose is that they could talk to a DC lobbyist all day long if you're a member of Congress, but surely it's probably a little bit more resonant and a little bit more meaningful if you talk to a constituent. And so what we try to do is bring in people who are constituents of those members of Congress and say, I understand you understand this issue from a global perspective, but here's how it's going to affect your constituency, or this is how it's going to affect, you know, the town of wherever you're from. And so we, we have 110, 15 people come on, beat the bushes and, and wear the shoe leather out and talk to these members of Congress about things like fraud, for example, and, and talk to them about things that they can do to help. Because, you know, you think about this, there are 535 members of Congress. How could they possibly know much about all the issues that they have to work on? So you really need to be up there. Otherwise, you're kind of doing your industry a disservice if you're not out there explaining exactly what yeah. your impact is on the economy and, and your role is and how you can help. We're also having a listening session with the FMCSA, so we will be talking about things like fraud with them as well. The other thing is, you know, we talk about technology and all the technology solutions that are out there, and it's not just as it relates to fraud, but any number of things, you know, and we're seeing such exciting stuff coming from our technology partners, whether it's using AI, whether it's using visibility you know, tracking, mm -hmm. et cetera. And so we have a conference called Technovations where we really showcase technology. And 
one of the things we've done is introduce this element of the shark tank, which is so exciting because you have people who are brand new, who have created something and they get to be rated by professionals in the space if, if their product actually makes any sense. So that's kind of cool. So it sort of dovetails into all that we're doing um, at, you know, in terms of, of technology, relationships, networking, advocacy, all of it. I love the, uh, the shark tank show and the uh you know the application to the group i think that's going to be wonderful have you ever um, been on shark tank spencer i have not been but i but i do um uh, some uh, that that's a side conversation uh we, we do a uh, a little project with some inner city um organizations to, to to kind of do something similar with the shark tank exercise and kind of encouraging that entrepreneurship so that's I'm a, cool I'm, I'm a huge fan of the show i think it's i, sh I think it should be like mandatory education in high school like it, it, it's a great teacher yeah i um, agree I, you mentioned technology and i agree like, it's almost overwhelming of like how much is available how fast yeah. uh the iterations are coming in in terms of new advancements what is it what is i mean there's so much but what is an actual tech category that you see as being potentially disruptive to the space in a good way like what, what what's what's something not not a company necessarily but a category sure uh, within the tech umbrella that you said like man this is this is going to change the way we do business well i think some of these ratings tools where they're using ai to sort of develop what they think is the most rational most reasonable expectation in the marketplace that is really cool and it, it sort of makes it so that the small guys and gals can make an accurate bid and are, are relying on something that probably the big guys and gals already had as part of their sort of, you know, data set. But having that technology means that it kind of equalizes a little bit. And what you're getting is the best bids, the ones that could be the most sort of enticing and representative of what where the marketplace is. That's kind of exciting. It's hugely democratic from that perspective. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. All right, a couple more questions here. I, I'm curious, um, with all the things going on, um, you're around a lot of leaders within this space. I'm curious, what, what are, who are a few leaders that you kind of have your eye on doing interesting things within transportation logistics? Gosh, if I name anyone specifically, people are going to get mad at me because I didn't name them. So that's, that's tough. That's, that's, that's a tough why, thing. That's why it's the hot seat, Anne. We're going <laughs> to we're gonna make it extremely uncomfortable for you. So, so. Well, so I, I will say this. We've got a lot of really interesting, smart people who are affiliated in this space. I already talked about Ryan Schreiber earlier today. His ears are going to be burning, but he, he's so smart. He's so knowledgeable and he's just got such a pleasant demeanor. I think he's doing some really cool stuff as it relates to education and training and mm -hmm. a variety of topics. I'm really excited about him. And, you know, we have some things we're working on with him. And so we'll see if those come to fruition. You know, and, and, we, and the beauty of that beard is undeniable. So. It's undeniable. It's 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 a powerful drug. It's a powerful <laughs> drug. That beard. <laughs> uh, and you know, we have some really cool people. Whether it's it's Cassandra Gaines or whether it's Jordan Graft or or what have you, who are really out there trying to make a name for them, or Dale Prax, any of those folks mm -hmm. who are really trying to make a name for themselves just to solve a problem and, and the problem of course being fraud i mean all of those folks really putting their smart brains around to, to solve that issue is it's truly exciting and, and really admirable 
Well, I love that little wild card question to, to wrap it up here, which you've been great in. I'm having fun. So <laughs> let, let's see how we can finish here. Little wild card. So a little research going back to your collegiate days, Rice, political science, history focus is what I understand. So I'm, my question is this. If you could go back and live in any different time of history, what would it be and why? Oh, gosh, Spencer, this is like if you'd like to be a tree, what kind of tree would you be? <laughs> ah. um, okay, let me think about this. I guess uh, I'd like to, to, to experience um, the early days of when women were trying to get the vote. I, it would be fascinating to me to see what the discussion was. And I'm not trying to be political, but obviously I am a woman, but, but this isn't why. But it's just so interesting to me. Like, it's sort of, you know, the 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 place that the role of women is so accepted now, but really it was 100, you know, 100 years ago. It wasn't ago. that long ago, right. It wasn't that long ago when it wasn't. So it'd be really interesting to hear what the arguments against giving them the vote and just understanding their role in society. And I imagine there probably were women who were like, who are these women? Why are they? Why do they want to vote? Who needs to vote? You know what I mean? It's just sort of it's sort of interesting to think about. How about you? I'm going to ask you the same question. Well, this is my show, and <laughs> you can a answer anything you want. I, I, to. It's this. It's the exact same period. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> That's such a weird coincidence. A weird coincidence. Uh, what isn't a coincidence is uh, you actually killing our show and just. Just, I, I really appreciate just the insights and the fun. It's always uh, a pleasure when our paths cross. Um, that's going to do it for us in the hot seat, Dan. Thanks for being with us. 